Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode. I am particularly excited today to welcome Marjorie Wildcraft. Welcome, Marjorie. Oh, thanks for having me, David. Yeah, so we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. I don't know exactly where we're going to go, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what your company is? Sure. Uh, I'm the founder of the Grow Network, and we are probably the world's largest online movement of people. Uh, We grow our own food and we make our own medicine. We are stopping the destruction of the earth because commercial agriculture is the most destructive force on the planet. We also are the most uh, valuable people on the planet. And people used to laugh at us for that before. But now with food inflation, food scarcity, food riots, they're going, wait a minute, you know, that just might be true. Yeah. (laughs) The great news is, is anybody can join us. So (laughs) it's not an exclusive club. Nice. I love it. So so how does it work? Give us a little bit of like, what's the model and how do you help people? Um, Our basic, you know, well, I've been at this for 15 years. So we've produced a lot of different content. What is working really, really well right now is we have a free webinar at growyourowngroceries.com. And uh, that's just typical reg page with a short video. And the promise there and what we deliver, it's a a free webinar you sign up for. So there's email collection there. Um, And we teach people, I show people, I've spent years and years and years trying to figure out how to take somebody who knows absolutely nothing, maybe they're older, they're out of shape, they definitely have no experience in growing food. And how can I get them very, very, very quickly producing at least half of their own food in, in a backyard-sized space? And so we, uh, we show them a very simple three-part system that you can implement anywhere in the world and you know at any time of the year. So you just pick which component goes best depending on what time of the year you're at. So you'll walk away with a complete plan on how to grow half once you can grow half of your own food, and believe me, this only takes like three parking spot sizes, so like a very small space, mm. uh, and less than an hour a day. And once they get that basic plan, then you know, then the world opens up to them for, you know, like there's a zillion ways to grow food or forage or wildcraft or whatever. So, um, you know, getting those first basic three down is super important, and that's what we promise. That webinar uh, leads to an offer of a book and training combination. Uh, so the book is, uh, I was, uh, had um, 18 publishers bid on this book after mm. they read the uh, proposal and, and, and um, uh, at least five of them said, this book will be a New York Times bestseller. Penguin Random House, of course, won the bidding because they're the yeah. largest English language publisher on the planet. <laughs> Um, That's a cool position to be in, side note. (laughs) Well, we can talk about how you get in that position. It was very intentional. That was non-accidental. But the book is is bundled with with a a year's training. We found people really like physical products. You know, Mm -hmm. they do much better than just digital only. So um, that's like a a $200 product. We we do, I do a ton of split testing on everything Mm -hmm. to see how we can optimize conversions. Uh, and then, of course, you know, once we get them in, 
through that. Um, we've got uh, forums. We have a newsletter that comes out three to four times a week. We have blog. There's a new blog post pretty much daily. Super active forums area. I'm so honored uh, that over the years, you know, I've got more than 120 volunteer moderators who super experienced and like myself, just believe that this is a really important thing to do for the planet and it's a great lifestyle. And so they're really willing to help people who don't know anything. Uh, and then we have a little store where we sell some products and kits. And uh, I am a for-profit company. Uh, we are functionally a nonprofit. <laughs> uh, uh, and we, I've, you know, I've always had too much of an independent libertarian type of a streak to go begging for money as a nonprofit would do. And so we, you know, we've been able to support ourselves over the year, just barely, uh, by selling products and services, which I feel is, is, uh, you know, the way things should go. So yeah. Yeah. The, um, Very cool. grow your, yeah, the grow your own groceries funnel is the one that's the, uh, is, is the lead item that's working really well now. Yeah. That, I mean, that totally makes sense. We actually just, uh, expanded our garden a bit this year. And I was thinking, as you're saying, oh, you can grow half your groceries in three parking spaces. I was like, well, it probably depends on how many kids you have. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. We're, the promise yeah. is for one person, right? Yeah. But you, can, you can grow an astonishing amount in a small space. And you nice. know, really having a small space is better. My, my first, uh, when we first started doing this, um, we had a lot of land and my husband's grandmother had been, you know, born and raised in the country. And by the time she was an adult, you know, she was, she was managing an acre. And so in his mind, when he was growing up, he, Oh, let's have an acre, you know, so he plowed me up an acre. I had an acre of weeds and frustration. It was just way too much. So somebody yeah. who has a small backyard in a lot of ways, that's a blessing because it keeps you focused. <laughs> nice. I love it. Okay. So then take us back. How long ago did this start? What was the, the catalyst, the spark for you? Uh, take us back to that story. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, no, this, I mean, if you looked at my past, you were like, what is this woman? Why is this what growing? Like, I'm not, you know, from a hippie family that grew up in a commune or anything like that. Not at all. Uh, my first degree is in electrical engineering. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I've always wanted to live overseas. I got a job with Motorola and was an expat for them based in Hong Kong um, for many years. And then I uh, left them and started my own company. While I was there, um, a friend of mine said, hey, you should really take this class on. I, I grew up in kind of a poor family and I, and I was always interested in money. And he said, hey, there's this guy, Robert, teaching this really interesting class on money. And I'm like, do we know anything about this guy? I'm like, nah, he's kind of new. Like, oh, well, whatever. And I go, and this guy, Robert, just blows my mind with concepts about money that I'd never heard anywhere else. Uh, and he ultimately inspired me to leave engineering and leave the consulting company I had created and, and move to Austin, Texas and start a real estate investment business because I wanted to shift from, you know, when you're an employee, it's clear you're selling your time for a dollar wage. When you're yeah. a consultant, you're also selling your time for a dollar wage, right? And I really wanted to learn how to have money make money versus my time make money. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so I moved to Austin, Texas. It was about the time I also wanted to start a family and had a husband. And um, the real estate business that I had created was so successful. Robert came back to me and said, hey, would you be a testimonial for this series of infomercials we're doing? So. <laughs> I was on national television for four years on infomercials with Robert Kiyosaki for Rich Dad Poor Dad. Nice. <laughs> so um, we're at the height of, uh, 
making just lots of money and it's mostly passive income and just really living it up and having a good time. Austin's a fun city. And I'm, you know, always community minded. And I was volunteering. I had no idea. I had no idea I was going to be so blindsided by this project. And it would like completely, like, I mean, change my life. Like one of those, you know, you get run over a semi truck or you get the stage four cancer announcement kind of change in your life. Right. Mm. Uh, and, but it just came so innocent. Um, I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown organic vegetables uh, into an elementary school. Nice. <laughs> it was me and a bunch of real movers and shakers from the county and the state. And we thought this was a slam dunk, you know, because uh, tons of studies show that, that kids that eat and, and, and adults too, that eat higher quality food, they score higher on intelligence tests. Uh, they have less behavioral problems. They're more uh, tranquilo, as we say here in Puerto Rico, more calm, better, mm-hmm. you know, less behavioral problems. You know, there's just so many reasons to feed kids uh, good food. Uh, and the teachers wanted, the parents, uh, you know, the principal, everybody wanted it. And um, where that project failed, and I will never forget this night, um, we were in one of those, you know, the Red Rock Community Center, we were kind of one of those hundred-year-old echoey old buildings with the flickering fluorescent lights and the chip formica tables and the chairs. You're really wondering if they're going to hold you up, those folding metal chairs, you know, but we didn't <laughs> care about that. We were so excited. And the moment came when we got a pen and a piece of paper and we were going to write down all the names of the farmers who would provide the vegetables. And what we realized was that there were not enough farmers in all of Bastrop County to provide even part of the vegetables for one small rural elementary school. Mm. And, um, you know, we're in central Texas. We're surrounded by 20 million people. They want to eat 60 million meals a day. And I guess whether you're honest about it or not, when you live in the city or the suburbs, in the back of your mind, you're kind of thinking, well, if anything really bad happens, we'll just go out into the countryside and either buy or steal food from the farmers, right? And I just found out (laughs) there's no food out in Mm. the countryside. And then all of a sudden the drive to and from Austin made sense. There is no food going out there. There's a new subdivision. There's a new dollar general. There's an area that's gone back to forest. You know, there's, there's no, there's a new racetrack, you know, but there's no food out there. The food arrives on average 1500 miles and it comes via a just-in-time trucking system and i started realizing that we had some vulnerabilities and i my body it just started i just started shaking i mean violently shaking and i could not stop the shaking for hours and actually for years after that i had i had panic attacks uh, I, i'd wake up with night sweats um I immediately, of course, sold the, the real estate business. And I knew that at that point in time, everything I had done in my life previously was absolutely, uh, you know, just, just not, not worth doing anymore. And that I had to work on this problem of how do you grow food in a grid down situation in hard times? And how do you get people very quickly up to speed uh, producing food? And, and farmers come from gardeners. And how do we reinvigorate the entire um, you know, backyard food production, small farm network, which we have completely and utterly lost. And um, so, you know, I did it. That was like in the early 2000s. And I just basically have dedicated my life to that since then. And that's how the Grow Network started. So I was completely freaked out and fear, panic, the whole thing. And I do want to say, though, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. 
mm. because growing your own food. Well, first of all, I had allergies and I had other problems and eating deeply nutritious food and getting outside in the sunlight, doing light exercise. It healed me on the physical level. Um, emotionally, you know, I just, I, I am fine. If the grocery stores close, I know I'm going to be fine. I know I can feed my kids. I know I can help my community. Uh, mentally, it's absolutely true. The higher quality food you eat, the, the sharper and clearer you are. And then spiritually, if you think about it, when you're growing your own food, you are working with your hands directly in the ground or with livestock. You're working directly with the forces of creation. And I'm going to tell you, magical, magical things happen. And uh, all the time, you know, just amazing things. So I, I'll, I'll never, I'll, I will always be growing or wild crafting or harvesting some of my own food just because of the connection to life. Um, and it is incredible. So, um, you know, if we've got listeners out there, if you, if, if you yourself are getting a little freaked out by the inflation and the, and, you know, you're noticing the empty shelves and you're going, hmm, and then you're seeing the gas price, you know, we're in a, we're in a crazy time of tumult. Um, you know, don't be afraid. There mm -hmm. are solutions out there and you can do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's such a cool story. Uh, there's so many things that we could go from there. One of the things that stood out to me is I'm curious if you feel like this shift that you made, one of the reasons why it was so important for you is because it felt like such a, a bigger purpose than the things that you were doing before. Would you say that's the yeah. case? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, a, a, a huge big purpose for doing this is commercial agriculture is the most destructive force on the planet. And, you know, mm -hmm. how many times had I homeschooled my kids and we, we'd watch the Sunday nature shows and so many, so much livestock, you know, habitat for, for wildlife is gone because of, of this massive amount of agriculture, you know, the big dead zones in the, the Gulf of Mexico and all along the coast of almost every country on the planet because of the toxic chemicals being dumped from the land into the ocean. It's just all these horrible, horrible, horrible things, the way that animals are raised in confined animal housing operations. It's just horrible. And, um, you know, what, what can you do about that? I think, you know, for the most part, it doesn't feel like you can do much, but you can grow your own food and opt mm -hmm. out of that system. And, um, you know, uh, I know it always seemed like a small flickering light that I was doing it and encouraging other people to do it. You know, honestly, now we have about 600,000 people in the database at the Grow Network. So we really are a significant movement of people that are saying, you know what, this is a incredibly better lifestyle. We all feel secure and we're happy and we're resilient and we're doing something deeply meaningful. And so, yes, absolutely. I mean, there's so many times in a business when you want to quit because mm -hmm. honestly, teaching people to grow food has not been one of those sexy weight loss, <laughs> you know, uh, supplement businesses where you're making tons of money. It's been a real struggle for almost the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've just, I, uh, I've just known that this was the most important thing that I could dedicate my life energy to mm -hmm. uh, not only because there was going to be a crisis sometime, but because it was the right thing to do. And honestly, um, you know, I've been on the edge of bankruptcy, personal and complete utter bankruptcy, the company collapsing, everybody having to go find new jobs, everything so many times. And then something would happen and we would stay in business for another month or more months, or we'd keep going. And I just really believe that um, having a higher purpose like that, you will be blessed 
with with resources and support. And it definitely, you know, I, I keep saying, well, what, what what happens if this, you know, everybody says, well, what are you going to do? Like, we don't have money to pay and da 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 I'm like, what are you going to do? And I said, well, you know, bankruptcy is not that bad. We'll just fire <laughs> right back up again because this is what we're doing. This is the most important thing I can do with my life. We're just going to keep right on, you know, like we've already created all this materials. We'll just restructure it and keep going because this is what I'm meant to do. And yeah. unfortunately, I never had to go through that process, but we have come close. Oh, it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that the only, like having that strong sense of purpose, it allows you, it doesn't make it easier, but it allows you to say, yeah, we're going to keep going through this because it's that important. And if you don't have that, then you just be like, eh, go back to real estate, you know, do whatever. And <clears throat> but yeah. I think that's, that's a really... I think, key thing, I th like if people can find, not necessarily that you find the thing, right? Because I think that's also a, a myth. Yeah, I agree. A, a myth. Agree. Like it's yeah. it's like what's next that feels deeply meaningful for now, and then exactly. being, yeah. being open to what that could change and evolve to. But I, I yeah, and I, you know, prior prior to this, I had a like a, a seven to ten year time frame for things that I would do, and I've been at this now for gosh, you know, fourteen or sixteen years. So I know that. I do need to help during this. We are in the midst of, uh, we're just starting a major collapse on the planet right now. And I knew, I know that I'll be here to serve through this for the next few years, but I do feel I will be shifting into something else beyond that because it will have run its course and, and, and the need won't be as strong. Mm. I will, I will say one of the hardest and most difficult things through this, that actually having that deep sense of purpose is uh is the um the in-laws and the and the friends because um you know they, they were they they didn't get it and yeah. um they were like look like 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 one of my sister-in-laws love them like i love my family They're, but you know they were like they we stopped getting invited to some family events and you know some birthday parties or you know celebrations or things and they were like look marjorie this is the united states of america like we are never going to have supply chain problems. We are the strongest nation on earth. And you know what? We're never going to have empty shelves on our grocery stores. It just isn't going to happen here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now they're going, oh, my God. Yeah. It, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, um, but that that was pretty hard to take for a while. But I, And I just kept having to dig deep and go, you know, is this true for me? And, and it was. It was always true for me. Like, I don't, I don't care what you think of me, this, I know that this needs to be done. I know mm -hmm. that this needs to be done. And um, honestly, you know, building a business like this under such tough conditions, it, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, those athletes you hear about that, that, that like Rocky Balboa or something, you, like you train under these crazy austere conditions and, um, and it just makes you leaner and smarter and faster. Like we've had to get really good at, at marketing, but yet there's that line of maintaining your integrity and truth, mm -hmm. but using the tools of marketing, you know, how to build a, a, you know, I could not do this without my team. And I have a team of absolutely A players. And I promise you all these people could be out in the marketplace and making double what they're making. Uh, but because of the purpose and because of the, um, you know, the dedication and the meaningfulness of it, they're working with me. Uh, and, but how to, how to, how to find those people and how to build that team. 
you know, how to structure a business that's unbelievably efficient because we just don't have money. I really, nobody, nobody wants to learn how to grow food or they didn't for all this time. We just don't have money. How do you build an organization when you have nothing, you know? Yeah. So, um, do you think, so is that the biggest challenge that you've, you've had as a company is just like having a sustainable business model that, that makes money while, you know, providing the service that you are, you know, honestly, the, the business, um, the biggest challenge I've had for the business over the years, in addition, you know, I learned all the other stuff and I, I did it actually through a group called the Business Finishing School, which is a four-year online program where they want people who have a business because you take the program while you're, you implement mm. it in your business. This is not like go to school for four years and come back. This is like do it while learning. Cool. Um, and I learned a tremendous amount from that. The biggest thing, and I honestly still don't feel like I have a viable, I don't have a saleable business right now. And the main reason is we were never able to get paid advertising to convert. Um, and the way that, and, and getting new traffic uh, to the business is, has always been a challenge. So for example, um, you know, we use list hygiene. I mean, we have about 600,000 in the database. We only, we have about 150,000 that are active mm-hmm. and we lose about a, a thousand subscribers a week, I would say. So we wow. constantly have to be bringing new people in uh, and the way that we do that is I got really, really, really good at publicity. Um, you know, so there's one thing to get on air. There's another thing of how to convert when you're on air. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then affiliates have been huge for us. So saying, hey, you know, uh, we've got a really great product. Um, you know, like, for example, the Grow Your Own Groceries thing. We give a 30% affiliate commission to anybody who wants to promote that to their list. And um so those have been the two ways that we the, the other three ways to get traffic, which is SEO, mm-hmm. has it's never worked for me. I maybe because I'm like always been a little bit suspicious of Google, but we and we don't have Google ads. <laughs> I just I'm not gonna have outside advertising. We're just gonna be genuine and real. Um, the other way is paid advertising, and that would be either like Facebook ads or mm-hmm. you know, paid advertising in, in newsletters or or you know, banner banner ads don't or convert at all. Don't ever waste your money on that. Yeah, we never could. I mean, even if it would ROI zero, I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, but we never could get it to break even, even. Um, mm. um, and then the other way is, you know, like word of mouth, and that can also you can kind of lump that into social media. Mm. All of those would work a little bit, but we could never scale it up. You know, so mm. we could get paid ads to work a little bit, but it could never scale up. Word of mouth works a little bit, it never could scale up. Uh, so the affiliates and publicity have been um, the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and the publicity really is quite um, dependent on me. My team doesn't do that, right? And you do not want a business that is dependent on you. So um, I, I now the tide is turning and we are just now breaking into where paid advertising is starting to convert mm-hmm. and, and work for us. So, you know, I spend a dollar in advertising and I get, a dollar ten or two dollars back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's this is the first time though in fifteen years. So <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know. We'll, we'll have another conversation in six months, and I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> right. Well, I was just thinking about how you know sometimes we're we put in all this work and all this effort, and like then then there's something like in this case there's like there's a tipping tipping point happening right now, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you having already put in all that work allows you to just take this tipping point and take the momentum with it 
And, exactly. And, yeah. There's yeah. so many assets, so many products, so much stuff that's already been built out. Nobody could build this out in the time frame in which we are collapsing. So we, we have a very, uh, the way I see it is I have a very short window of time where we can really uh, build, you know, add tremendously to the company and, you know, make a lot of money. But then on the other hand, we're also facing, infl- you know, official inflation is 9.1%. Mm. Uh, the shadow stats, which I happen to believe are more reliable, has it at double that. And honestly, we are, you know, um, next month we will see inflation over 10%. I mean, it's, it's going up and up and up, and we are in, involved in the uh, collapse of the U.S. dollar. So how do we navigate that? You know, do we shift to cryptocurrency? How do we keep a business going in this kind of a tumultuous time? I don't mm-hmm. know. But you're absolutely right. This This is the window of opportunity. And, um, yeah, I'm doing everything I can to hit it as hard as I can now. <laughs> yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take advantage. Okay. Uh, so what would you say is like one or two just like important lessons that you've learned in, in all the years that you've, you've been a business person, entrepreneur, and I mean, you can apply it to this now, but it, it doesn't have to, you can apply it to any of your businesses that you've had. Um, I would really, for me, it's who I'm working with is super, super, super important. And Mm. so, you know, the ability to attract and retain A players um, is, it's everything, you know, Uh, who you work with. That's the main reason my team has stayed with me for so long. And uh, and it's so much fun. You know, we joke around. We know it's a remote company, so I have no idea what they're doing most of the time, you know, but they're getting (laughs) stuff done, you know, and I, I trust that and I know that because we all... And, 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 and they're just a lot of fun. Uh, and so who you work with and, and, and building a team is, is vital and essential, right? I just can't yeah. do everything. Uh, the other, and the other is the, the purpose and, and mission is, um, you know, having a reason for doing what you're doing. Um, it's meaningful work. I, like I have five life values that I live by. The first one is my connection to the divine. The second is my personal health. The third is, you know, my family and the fourth is my community and the fifth is doing meaningful work, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I had an acquaintance one time who was down on his luck and he went to work for the IRS and I said, oh my God, that's awful. And he says, it's a survival job. And I'm like, (laughs) I would never do a survival job. That's not, I always have to be doing meaningful work. Like even if I'm not got, even if I'm not working, I want to do meaningful work. Like I'm just never going to waste my life energy on a survival job. So yeah, that would be the two. One is make sure you're surrounding yourself with great people. And the other is, is live a purpose-driven life. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So on the first one, what are some things that you found to help attract A players and have that awesome team? Well, I can give you a little thumbprint, uh, a little snapshot of our hiring process. And uh, first of all is, you know, you, you can't attract A players without really having something that that makes them want to come to work, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having that purpose and that mission. Uh, the other thing is running a really efficient company that does not have any bullshit. So we have one thing we do is we really harness the power of rhythms and cycles. So we have our team meeting. It's been going on for years. It's one o'clock central time on Thursday. I don't care what is going on in your life. You're showing up for that. There's an agenda. Uh, you know, there are KP, every, you know, everybody is assigned what KPIs that they have. 
Uh, we know what, you know, there's a fun area to put jokes, but in other words, it's very efficient. Everybody mm -hmm. can know exactly what's going on in the company and everybody contributes to it. There's a thing for discussion. It's in other words, it's a very clean and tight, um, you know, you want to have rhythms and cycles and, and stuff that makes a lot of sense because, you know, if you've got a players, they, they, they don't want, they don't want to waste their time on stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the other things, you know, of course they want, they want professional development. So, um, as much as I can, whenever I can, if there's training, uh, any products that we need testing, I make sure all the team gets it. You know, you want to always be thinking about your people. I treat them like my children. A lot of times a very maternal instinct here of, of, um, you know, taking care of it. And, and then I go through a lot of people. So our typical process is um, we'll get 100 applicants, 200, 300, even for our editor, which I was shocked about. We went through 1,000 applicants. Wow. And we have almost an automated process. We say, hey, we put the job thing out there. And at the very bottom of the job description, we say, please send your resume in um, in docx format to this email address with this subject line. And right away you can screen out about 80% of people because they're going to send it in PDF and they're not <laughs> going to have the right subject line. And what that tells me is they're not paying attention to details. Uh -huh. And that can work in some industries, but not in mine when you have an online company, you know? Uh, and so then we immediately wipe out a bunch of them. And, and we've had people argue with me, like I, my, my resume looks so much good in PDF and why do you want word? And there's probabilities for getting viruses. And I'm like, and here you are arguing with me. I don't think you're going to, right from the, our, our first interaction, you're arguing yeah. with me. I'm like, I don't think you're going to make a good employee. <laughs> you know? Right. So, so then we have some other, and we try to audit, you know, like, try to automate stuff as much as possible. We end up having uh, people that we like submit like a little four minute video and you can really get a good sense from people on the video. Mm. Are they talking too long? Are they short? Are they succinct? I'm looking at all, we interact with them a lot. We have them do a little write up a little quiz. Um, and we're not really necessarily, we're looking at the answers, but the more thing we're looking at is how are they naming their files when they send their stuff back to us? Is it just like resume.doc or is it Sarah Jones, 2022, July? You know I mean? Cause we're an mm -hmm. online company. File naming is everything in an <laughs> online company, right? Yeah. And then were they on time and you know, all the little stuff, right? So we, yeah. we have a whole process of like eight different interviews we go through and we, all the time we're knocking people off and then we get down to, um, you know, the final interviews and, and, uh, I don't, I can't believe that people would like just meet up in a Starbucks for 20 minutes and hire somebody. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. You know, you, yeah, you making a hiring mistake is probably one of the biggest mistakes, uh, that you can make. My, my mentor says, you know, a hiring mistake is like a half a million dollar mistake. And I'm like, Rick, how could that possibly be? I mean, our company is only earning like, you know, at that time we were just a little over a million annually. I said, oh, I have half a million. But uh, I can give you one example. I hired a wonderful woman, a great copywriter, and turned her into my director of marketing. Mm -hmm. And her salary was about $60,000 a year. And you'd say, well, that's the damage. You know, no, it isn't. Uh, the things that she did over the year that she worked for me, um, uh, she absolutely destroyed a lot of the faith that my community that I had built over years. She was basically selling to them really hard, just selling hard, hard selling and revenues were up, but we had people leaving in droves and people telling me that I'd sold out and we lost the whole spirit of the company. Mm -hmm. um, 
and so I ended up, you know, we ended up parting ways. I ended up having to, to fire her. Uh, and then it took me another year to rebuild the trust in my community again. And I was like, yeah, that might've been a half a million dollar mistake. So just the $60,000 salary isn't the damage that's done. You know, yeah. it's the, it's the year I had to rebuild all that and who knows how much else I would have lost. Right. So right. who you hire and who you bring into your world is super important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So interesting. So much good stuff. So, all right, let's, let's wrap it up here with a couple more things. So obviously I know you're super passionate about teaching people to grow food and connected to nature. And I love, I love that too. Like when I taught movement, very much loved like the primal aspect of things and, you know, raised our kids on <clears throat> organic food and avocado was their first food that they tried when they were little. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but what I'd love to know is what makes you feel alive outside of all of that? Ooh, you know, you're going to be surprised by like the late, I just, uh, martial arts. I've really, ah. yeah, you know, I, and I'll tell you why it's not necessarily about fighting. <laughs> it's actually not at all about fighting. <laughs> um, it's the physical exercise and the challenge. Uh, when I was a young girl, I did a ballet, and it turns out that a lot of women who are in martial arts had a background in either ballet or gymnastics. Mm. Uh, so the physical discipline of getting, it's a mind-body thing of, mm -hmm. you know, can you get your body to do what your mind is telling you you want to do? Um, but the other thing that really surprised me about it, so I was training in Shotokan for a couple of years when I was living in Colorado, where I started it, you know, I'd just gotten divorced and in a new town, and I'm like, I'll try this, you know, I walk into the dojo and just start. And I fell in mm -hmm. love with it. The real reason is going to the dojo, you know, three to four times a week, training with the same people week after week, month after month, year after year, you start out as a white belt. You don't know anything. People are helping you. And as you progress, you help other people and you're celebrating, you know, that you see each other struggle and then master something and you celebrate that. And you it's, it's the relationship. It's mm. incredible. The relationships that get formed and you're in a neutral environment. You're all wearing these God awful, ugly suits. Oh my God, I'm going to go on a campaign to try and make a gi sexy. <laughs> you, know, these, <laughs> but, you know, you don't know, you don't know. Is that guy a lawyer or is he a, is he a bum or whatever? I mean, you, know, you don't know what they do. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you're just there. Everybody's there because they love the sport and yeah. it's not about, you know, yeah, you get your belts and all that, but it's not about, you're, everybody's just there because they love the sport. So coming together with people repeatedly with something that you have in common, that you love the, the relationships are amazing. And, uh, and, and that's why I love martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. I love it. Yeah. I totally agree. Like some of my absolute best friendships are the people that I've climbed mountains with. So there's just something about that community and the hard physical effort that brings us together. It's really cool. Yeah. Overcoming challenges together. And, and yeah. 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 Okay, great. Well, so tell us all the places we can find you again. I know you mentioned a few of the websites at the beginning and like if somebody just wants to get started today on growing food in their, at their, in their own backyard, what, what should they do? Really the absolute best way is to go to growyourowngroceries.com. You'll get that free video, uh, the free webinar. We also have a lot of resources that come with that for free. I don't think we have it on the reg page anymore. We actually split test interestingly on the web page. We offer a bunch of bonuses and we found out that people had less sign up when we told them about the bonuses up front. Interesting. Like, really crazy what split testing I'll teach you. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get you like 
how to make your own homemade fertilizer so you don't have to worry about Russia. <laughs> uh, but that really is the best way because then we'll onboard you and we'll introduce you to the rest of the Grow Network and get you connected up with people in the forums. And um, that really is the best way. So growyourowngroceries.com. Um, okay. Um, and it's the simplest and easiest. I mean, there's a whole world of things that I've created, but it really, uh, in general, you want to make the onboarding process with people very simple step-by-step. -step. So um, that's a great way to start. And that's at growyourowngroceries.com. Awesome. Love it. Okay. I'm going to go check it out for sure. I mean, yeah, we just had some fresh uh, chard and kale from the backyard last night. It was amazing. Yummy. I want to grow more stuff. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my God. You know, I eat at the best restaurants when I travel and they are never as good as my own homegrown food. It just yeah. doesn't. It's yeah. not the same when you just snap it off and eat it right there. It's yeah. fresh. It's got more nutrients. It's beautiful. Yeah. And they just, they just, even, even the local food restaurants, uh, they just yeah. can't, they just can't do it. It's yeah. They can't hang. No. Grown <laughs> is best. Uh, that's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marjorie. It was an absolute pleasure getting to hear your story and thank you for sharing. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to get to share with your community. You bet. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.